Podcast One. Mobile tyre shops Travis Osborne first appeared on this podcast five years ago. At that point, he'd remortgaged the family home and dropped $500,000 of his own hard-earned into a business that was very much keeping him up at night, after night, after night. Five years on, and he has a national presence, 55 staff, over 100,000 customers, and is about to launch the business as a franchise. Now, if business growth is something that floats your boat, then you are in for a real treat. It's time for the rubber to hit the road in episode 529 of the 11-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I say, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo and welcome back to your weekly dose of Pump Up Your Tyres Marketing. Boom, boom. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner and you are over ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire that it absolutely deserves to be. Big episode today. Mobile tyre shop's Travis Osborne shares the strategies that have led to his extraordinary business growth over the last few years. This week's Monster Prize draw winner feels guilty as a result of a killer idea picked up from a recent episode. Plus, I let you in on an upcoming guest who's used her medical qualifications to create a product that many of us really can't do without. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Uru Timbo, it's Brett from Kana Wine here. We're an online wine shop. So all our customers are coming from the web and the, uh, the big marketing funnels out there. And one of the biggest challenges uh, and questions I have that are unresolved today is do I sacrifice the speed that I grow my business by learning the tricks and tools myself? That is, learn how to make a great ad, learn how to web search optimize my website, or do I outsource it, get the experts to work their magic and apply their know-how and experience and grow my business quickly and forever be beholden to these experts and paying ever greater fees and you know percentage of my profit and hard-earned, or do I learn that, that stuff myself and um, end up being my own expert and growing my business slower, but uh, never beholden to the experts? Cheers, Timbo. That is a great question, young Brett. And by the way, before I answer that question, what a great business you've got. Kana Wine, C-A-N-A wine.com.au. And from what I can tell, premium, low volume Australian wines delivered to your door. Buddy, you, you sound quite a young man. I wish you all the success with that. Now, in answering your question, first of all, change your mindset around being beholden to the experts and about experts being expensive. You know, that way of thinking is not going to serve you as you grow, okay? You can't do everything as a business owner. Choose the things that are going to add the greatest value to your business that you're particularly good at. Do them, cash flow allowing, 
pass everything else off to someone. In order to do that, I want you to work out your effective hourly rate, um, a concept that a, a friend of this show, James Shramko, talks about in his book. Your effective hourly rate's quite simple. You take your monthly revenue and subtract the costs. That gives you your profit. Divide that profit by the number of hours you work in the month, and that gives you your effective hourly rate. Now, now you know your effective hourly rate, your EHR, it would make sense to employ others to do things in your business if their hourly rate is less than your effectively hourly rate. You got it? You might have to replay this. It's complicated, but it's simple. I say it with one proviso that your cash flow allows you to do this, okay? Now, a couple of things to consider, Brett. Don't try to do everything. If you find yourself learning SEO, graphic design, copywriting, email marketing, etc., then you'll not only drive yourself bonkers, but nothing will get done properly. Experts are experts for a reason, right? Uh, another thing to consider, always focus on the tasks that are going to grow your business. Relationship building, establishing strategic partnerships, talking to and understanding your customers as the business owner, the leader, the founder, these are the things that are going to add the most value, not you learning how to optimise your website for Google. And, and and finally, be smart about finding experts, okay? I imagine cash flow is limited. You can't afford the best, but you can still get good work done using websites like 99designs for graphics. Go to Studio Hawk for some search engine optimization tips. Previous guest, uh, the guy from Studio Hawk, awesome SEO expert. Um, Upwork for copywriters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Brett, good luck, buddy. Uh, Carnawine.com.au. Go and check that out. Everyone else, do what Brett did. Give the small business big marketing hotline a buzz on 0480-015-150. Ask me a question or leave me a comment. Be sure to include your web address. I'll give you a little bit of free publicity. Righto, let's meet mobile tyre shops Travis Osborne, who first appeared on this podcast in 2015 when both he and his business were struggling. Now, you might go, well, why do you have a business owner who was struggling on the show? I thought you interviewed successful business owners, Timbo. Yeah, well, I do, but he'd just been um, on Shark Tank and he'd absolutely nailed it. Now, Mobile Tire Shop is a simple business that fits tyres to your car at your home or office. Now, fast forward five years and Travis and his team of 55 staff are absolutely smashing it. So, curiosity got the better of me and on behalf of us all, you and I, I called Trav and asked if he'd come back and tell us what he's done to achieve significant growth. So I started off by reminding him where his business was at five years ago. Okay, we've come a long way in the last five years. We're now getting over 100,000 inquiries a month coming through to our website. I've got 60 staff across Australia, and we've got 7,500 products we're selling online, 40 vans, or just shy of 40 vans, The business has been certainly, from our initial appearance on Shark Tank, we've gone from strength to strength. We've certainly had our up and downs in that period, but what we had was a concept that was strong from day one. It also had the ability to give me the strength to go and do it myself as well. A lot of these businesses take time, but what's probably the most exciting part of our business at the moment is we're just about to launch franchising. Yeah, well, you're a machine. Now, hang on. You are running ahead. And I know this is what you do. You are so imbu- so beautifully passionate about the business. First of all, that's an incredible growth. In, in you rattling off those numbers then, Trav, how does it make you feel? 
exhausted, really. No, I actually have to say I'm quite proud of what we've achieved so far. What the exciting bit is, we've still got a long way to go, but it has certainly been some long nights. Uh, we've outworked our competitors in many times. It's also great to know that we've proven a lot of people wrong. Give me, give me an example of the long nights and the outworking of your competitors, a really, a, an example that's quite acute in your mind. Really, we've done a lot in the technology space. What we found is our tech guys seem to work very strange hours. We work very early hours to have tyres and our logistics ready. What we find is we're often up till past midnight working with our tech guys. That's the time they seem to get their best work done. So it's not uncommon to do a 12-hour-plus day. Often, certainly over the period, we've done more than our fair share of all-nighters as well. But it Mm -hmm. comes with the territory. I've read where you said you didn't understand the market until four years after opening Mobile Tire Shop. What what weren't you getting? The tire industry has been a very traditional staid industry for a very long time. That traditional model hadn't changed. My challenge was to say, one, we knew there was a better way and a more convenient way of replacing the tires. My first question I struggled with was, why wasn't everyone else doing it? We run our business very much as a technology, logistics, and a sales and marketing business as opposed to a tyre business. We find a lot of those tyre people have run their businesses a certain way, and while these other competitors will try mobile over the period, it won't work for them. You have to have a very different mindset to running the business. There's something to be said, Trav, about looking at a business not uh, for what it does. So like on the surface, you sell tyres, but you don't see yourself um, as a tyre business. You see yourself as a technology and logistics business. When you finally made that shift in your mind, did the business also make a positive shift? Oh, 100%. What we realised very quickly is trust the data. Most of my reports are about data. It don't, they don't talk about tyres. Right. How often do you see a report daily? Hourly. Do you really? We track all our sales right down to the hour. We run a 12-hour day, seven days a week. Um, so we are on all the time. What's your dashboard look like? It's pretty – I've simplified it to a simple page now. Basic sales, inquiries, conversion rate – um, obviously dollars, and I run a very close P&L also. Do you have like trigger, like points where if something drops below or dro- or goes above a certain number, then you take action? I don't, but I normally have people knocking on my door. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. It's a really interesting, I, I want to explore, and why I got you back is I really want to explore, explore what has led to such wonderful growth since you were last on the podcast, but... I am fascinated why mobile tyre shop, I mean, it it, it does. I mean, you thought it back then. It's such an obvious idea, yet there are so many big tyre chains, your Bob Jane T-March, your Bow Repairs, your Midas, all these guys who still invest God knows how much in bricks and mortar real estate. Uh, None of them have gone down the path you have. What, What are they missing? It's an incredible business. It's a $5.6 billion industry in Australia. A lot of these people in the franchising business are very much connected to their bricks and mortar and they've got 10-year leases, et cetera. They also, once they've invested in that infrastructure, 
it is very hard for them to go and invest further in vans, et cetera. What we've found is it's not about the mobile vans. That's the easy bit of the business. It is the customer generation, uh, the logistics. More than 50% of our customers have their tyres delivered and fitted on the same day of ordering. For that alone is an incredible uh, logistics challenge. We found very quickly we couldn't trust the tyre companies to ensure the product was delivered in time. So we took our own logistics model and we do all our own deliveries to our vehicles. Are you holding stock or are you... No. The incredible thing about our business is we're a tyre store without tyres and without stores. <laughs> of the 7,500 products we've got, we don't. our aim is not to hold any stock and the view is that those tyres will sit in our warehouse for a maximum of approximately three days, maximum. So the intent is we... We actually receive the sale and the customer's money before we've actually purchased the tyres ourselves. That model allows us to be as price competitive as the major chains. If we ran a traditional model where we're warehousing 7,500 products, waiting for those products to be sold, there's no way we could be as price competitive in the marketplace on our product and provide the at-home service. Well, what, what's amazing, and I we spoke a couple of days ago because I'm in need of some new tyres for my car, and not only were you significant cheaper against a quote from a major brand who I actually have a relationship with, I've been very loyal to them, uh, so I assumed they gave me a good price until you gave me a price, and secondly, you have not only cheap, but you have convenience, so it is, it's an incredible, incredible offer. I, I want to explore your growth and, you know, figure out what's led to it. So those listening can also apply some of the learnings. Now, you reached out to an investment banker a few years ago who personally invested in the business. What got him across the line? Probably passion. Your passion? My passion, but there's two aspects of it. You look at the industry as a whole to see it's a very traditional business. We know, as I mentioned before, $5.6 billion in, in sales but what really got him across the line was looking at both the European and the US experiences. 17% of all tyres last year were sold online in the UK. Factoring that sort of number into Australia with a bit of growth, it's a billion-dollar industry within the next two years. There are competitors that sell tyres online, but there is no advantage to buying your tyres online if you still have to go to a tyre store to get them fitted. The idea of throwing your kids out of the back seat, putting the tyres in the back seat, driving around trying to get someone to fit them just doesn't work. So while we do the same thing by selling tyres online, no one else in our industry provides the online convenience with the at-home service. I've got to say, and you say you've invested heavily in your e-commerce platform and systems, going to your website and interacting with it is a joy. You've made it so incredibly easy and, and and great e-commerce websites do this. But literally, I mean, for those playing along at home, all you have to do if you go to my mobile tyre shop is key in your rego. It then goes into some bloody database somewhere and finds out what your car is and then puts forward a, a, a budget, an economy and a premium tyre uh, with prices fully fit, fitted. It's so incredibly easy, plus all the other you know, information that you have on your website and the way the product's presented, it actually just makes it incredibly easy to buy. That doesn't happen, you know, by mistake, does it, Travis? How did you get to this, this point in your website offering? 
One of the challenges is being there are so many products with 7,500 products, the customer doesn't know what they want. Traditionally, we've taken online what the experience is, is in a bricks and mortar environment. They go into their tyre store. Generally, the guy behind the counter gives them a good, better, best, or in our case, a better, good, better, um, the top three. But we always recommend a premium tyre uh, as the most safe, safest product. What we've gone is we've taken that live bricks and mortar experience and we've converted it into an online experience. The biggest key to our seizing the bottleneck or clearing the bottleneck has been the number plate recognition. That is an incredible database. You put your registration in, it then goes to Vic Roads or New South Wales or Queensland. It then determines what the vehicle is and then from that vehicle, it determines the VIN. Then it goes back to the original manufacturing data, which determines what tyre size came on that vehicle. So that while we subscribe to that data, uh, we had a 40% increase in sales when we released that approximately 12 months ago. Wow. How hard was it to integrate that? Because you're speaking to state governments and accessing a database that I imagine there's, you know, a, a very long list of privacy laws guarding it. So how did you do that? Fortunately, it wasn't that difficult because there was a company selling the data and they also work with the vehicle manufacturers and the mechanics, et cetera, to help selecting other vehicle products now. So we subscribe to an API which then drives our website. Your website offering, again, Trav, because it's just, it's so elegant, was that something you did as the owner or did you employ some, you know, online guru? How, do, how, do, how does this happen? Because it, I, the reason I kind of am, am probing on this, the amount of bad websites I see is like, it doesn't have to be that way, but how do you get it to this point? Well, the reality is this is our sixth version in five uh-huh. years. A wow. lot of... A lot of my focus initially was to get the website 100%. What I realised, as soon as it was ready and delivered to go live, I had changes I wanted to make. So we've actually based our website on a very simple WooCommerce WordPress website. It's not an expensive website, but what it enables us to do, we are actually making adjustments to that website literally on a daily basis. I've got a design and technology customer experience team that are literally working on it every day, coming to me and saying, what do you think of this idea or what about this or what about that? Sometimes it's myself actually saying, why aren't we trying something? But a lot of our technology is about A-B testing, user testing between different ideas. I've had ideas for the website that I just thought would be a no-brainer We've launched it live and it just hasn't worked and sales have actually reduced. So what we've learned very quickly is to test everything and to trust the data. The data doesn't lie. What's an example of an idea you had which you just, you know, thought this is this is going to take us to the next level and it absolutely flopped? Oh, there's numerous things, but it's literally it's minor things like where buttons are located. Sometimes you underestimate the customer and other days you overestimate, we realised that we needed just a very simple question to start the interaction with the customer. And that might be as simple as your postcode. And then it was as simple as, yes, we service your area. When we first launched, we were only operating in Melbourne. That request for a postcode was vitally important because we only serviced Metro Melbourne. 
Now we've serviced more than 95% of the country. So the postcode just creates an interaction with the customer. So, but there's simple little things of you know, how we position um, buttons, for example. A lot of these, these things on the face of it, it wouldn't matter either way but it does have a detrimental effect on your customer experience. It's incredible, isn't it? The simple position of a button, the colour of a button, the size of a button can make all the difference to whether someone actually chooses to interact with your website and and or buy buy from you. Trev, what's another example of something that's led to this growth since we last met? It's really backing ourselves. We've always known the concept to be right. We knew if we had the right product – Having said that, it took us five or six years to build relationships with our suppliers. We were always seen as being a bit from left field, um, and we were trying to demand when one of our competitors, for example, had a buy three, get one, get one free special, we should be privy to those specials as well. It took us a while to prove to our suppliers that given the right offers, the right pricing and the right support, we were able to sell a lot of their product. The other thing specific to our website is we put the same margin across all our products. So what we say to our suppliers, whether it be Pirelli, Goodyear or Bridgestone, uh, if you want to sell more product, adjust your pricing and you'll see the product fly out the door. So to have those relationships where we can talk to our suppliers about monthly specials, et cetera, has been vitally important to the growth of our business. Has COVID affected the business at all? COVID had some silver linings. Our business by its very nature was very COVID friendly in that we came to the customer. Our technicians don't need access inside the vehicle. Most of our products are sold online before they actually attend site. So we actually would turn up to a customer's site and we'd actually request they weren't there. So we're in a situation where we're completely COVID compliant by the sheer fact that the customer wasn't near the vehicle or we had no interaction with the customer. So whereas in a tyre store, they would require the mechanic or the technician to actually drive the customer's car and get inside the car, our business has been clear that we don't actually access the car. So it's actually been very good. We did lose a lot of our government and fleet business overnight where we service the major car rental companies at the airports. Tourism obviously has had a major effect there, but we're now seeing a lot of those companies come back online as well. But it did give us the ability, while we were quiet in our fleet business, we looked at other forms of revenue. We've actually just launched our own national brand of batteries, for example, where we now supply our own branded premium product in all the vans. So having that downtime, we certainly didn't waste time and we actually used it to grow the business and look at other ways of growing sales while we knew our fleet business was down. You've introduced, as you say, your own brand of batteries. Uh, I think you're moving into windscreens. Are these offerings, are these product offerings all part of a mobile mobile tyre shop service vehicle? It's all going to be found in the one vehicle or are you going to have batteries in one set of cars, windscreens? How's it work? Interestingly enough, five years ago, I registered the URLs for mobile battery shop, mobile glass shop, mobile lube shop, all these things 
the original strategy was we wanted to be the, the gyms of mobile automotive servicing. What we've realised is we've bitten a big elephant in tyres, um, once again, a $5 billion business. We want to be kings of that as well, but at the same time, we've got the ability to grow the other services. What we've created is great loyalty with our customers. If we can offer them the other products as well, uh, it's a cheap form of marketing for us. All under the one brand of mobile tyre shop? Mobile tyre shop, mobile battery shop, mobile glass shop and mobile lube. Okay, but I'm a little bit confused. Are there going to be, is there going to be a, a set of vehicles that are just mobile battery shop and a set of vehicles mobile windscreen shop? No, primarily they'll be in the same van as mobile tyre shop. How do you manage that visually from a brand point of view? We haven't quite worked that out yet, Tim. <laughs> Good. I'm, I, I'm not missing something then. No, a lot of the things we do, we're working on them the night before. Let's workshop it, Trav. Let's workshop it. It's trial and error. I'll share the three branding models with you, and I'm, I know my audience will appreciate this. I've done, I haven't done it for a few years. There's the branded house, which is like Apple, Apple iPod, Apple iTunes, Apple MacBook, and it's like parent brand, sub-brand. There is the house of brands, which is like um, Wes Farmers, where they have, you know, like Coles or Bilo or Best for Less, and it's all these individual brands that live and die by their own sword. And then there is the powerhouse, which is where you have something like, you know, the Intel inside sticker that you see on computers or the, the heart tick that you find on products that are healthy for you. And it's sort of like an endorsement type branding model. Does that kind of... You're staring at me either as if you are an absolute genius, Timbo, or I've completely confused you. Which one? Probably see all of the above. <laughs> now, the reality is we see ourselves very much like the gyms model where you have, have the hero brand and you have the product sitting under that hero brand. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, quite a branding challenge going forward, but an exciting one. You're also deciding, speaking of gyms, you're moving into the franchise model because right now with 30 or 40 trucks on the, on the road, you they're all employees of yours driving those trucks. I understand 90% of them are very keen to own uh, move across into a franchise. It's clear that see, they've seen what the opportunity exists and how progressive we are as a business a lot of these people want to come on board and grow a business and create something for themselves to grow and be part of, and it ultimately gives them something to sell as well. What we've realised is when we, when we launched on Shark Tank five years ago, we had a little tag on our website inv inviting franchise inquiries. At the time, we had 300 written franchise inquiries, and what I realised was we had no idea what we were doing ourselves and I was very reluctant to take somebody's money and then sort of discover it using other people's money. What we've realised is we're very strongly focused now on what our product is, how we promote that to the customer. We've got fantastic staff, but when people have got skin in the game, they're going to work that little bit extra, provide that extra customer service, but it also gives them the ability to, if they want to work some longer hours, there's that money at gold at the end of the rainbow for them to actually go and achieve that, and which is everyone's dream. Own their own territory. They will own that territory. And it's exciting times for us and the business. 
for those business owners that I've spoken to previously who have moved, who have considered or have moved into franchising, uh, it's a lot of work. You've got to document every process and every system and have the whole thing buttoned down. You're you're like that by nature, but it has it been a challenge or has it been something that you kind of you should have done at the start? No, we've been working on this since January this year. Uh, in that time, we have actually reinvented our business just by documenting the processes, um, the services, the operations manual has now become a 100-page document. A lot of what we've done, we've realised we've created videos for everything, all the interaction. It is a live product where our franchisees can actually open a video on their phone uh, what we've found over the last eight years, we've encountered just about 95% of all the problems they will encounter. We've created solutions for them. These franchisees will now have that all available to on their phones to answer their problems and create opportunities for them. Fantastic. Trev, I want to talk marketing. Uh, and figure out what marketing is working for you. What do you spend a year on marketing? Over $2 million. Wow. So it's certainly up there. Majority of that is with Google and online digital. Having said that, this month we've just launched television, a national television, um, with three, three and a half, four weeks into the campaign, sales have increased 84% on the back of television. Really? It's been incredible experience. What we've found is our product is very much a visual product. You could talk about a man turning up at your house in a van. You have perceptions about the old tyre industry, greasy shirt, old van. Dirty waiting rooms. Dirty waiting rooms, crappy coffee, all that sort of business. Once people see the technology and the style of our business, we've had a massive uptick in our business. Also part of coming out of COVID restrictions in Victoria. So I won't put it all on television, but we've had a major jump in sales over the last four weeks. What made you decide to go down the TV route? We always thought it was going to be cost prohibitive. What we found was that there are a lot of marketers that have pulled out of their advertising due to COVID periods because their businesses have been closed, et cetera. Quite frankly, it was that we were contacted by a number of the stations looking for opportunities um, and we found the opportunity was viable. So we've gone in with a, a six-week initial package to see what sort of impact it has with the view of going heavily into television next year. There is, I mean, I've worked in TV advertising for years. The amount of variables to get right, both on the media side and on the creative side, are significant and, you know, rightly so would scare many potential TV advertisers off. Have you gone direct with a network? And if you have, are they producing the ads for you or would you go and find an agency? No, we're working through an agency, which we've got a strong relationship with. Uh, well, that's fascinating, mate. I, and, and when we say TV these days, because back in the day, it was, you know, just the, the free-to-air, you know, the four, the four channels. But does TV now for you mean um, YouTube? Does it mean Foxtel? Does it cover all the other catch-up stations? No, what our experience has been, the... The creative for television is very different to online. We've had to create very specific promotional and creativity, creative work for the television. 
whereas we've been a bit more tongue-in-cheek and a bit more liberal with our marketing online. So this has been a very specific campaign, which I must say we had to create during COVID. So we had very strong restrictions as to what we could do. So we had to take a lot of existing material that fortunately we had previously filmed and turn it into both a 15-second and a 30-second television commercial. So it's been a very strong learning curve, but as a business, we are very strong on our data and we monitor literally on a daily basis the impact of the television commercials on our website. Trev, you're not in the ad, are you? Oh, no, definitely not. I know who my, I know who my customer is. I, like yourself, have got a great head for radio. Hey, I've got a great head for podcasting. I knew that 11 years ago when I started. Putting aside the TV campaign you've got running, which sounds uh, absolutely fantastic and highly effective, what's the most effective marketing that you've done for Mobile Tire Shop? It still really comes down to AdWords, Google AdWords. What we've found is our market still doesn't know we exist. So when we have a customer in the market to buy tyres, they're looking for the major players. Our key has always been to hijack that sale at that point. The best time to feed a customer is when they're hungry and if they're looking for tyres, and our strategy has been to be in front of them either the first or second on Google. What's a click worth? Oh, we're now paying a couple of bucks for a click. That's not too bad. No, it's still good, but our conversion rate is it's still a lot of people do a lot of homework on buying their tyres. It is very much price competitive, which we are now making sure we are. And it's a lot with Google Shopping as well, giving the ability to search by product and find our product. Um, The fact that we actually come to the customer and service them at home is almost an add-on once they've been convinced by our pricing. Wow, that's interesting. Your market don't know you exist. Because, I mean, you, you are. I mean, despite the wonderful growth you've had, and clearly you're doing okay spending $2 million bucks uh, on marketing alone, um, you've got quite a role ahead of you to educate the market. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking from my I'm trying to personalise and saying, what would, what's the limit? Now that I know you exist, what's the blockage to me using a business like yours? And I think it is the fact that I just go, they can't possibly have the same quality or level of equipment that I would find in a bricks and mortar tyre shop. Clearly you do. But what's the trick to overcoming uh, blockages in customers like that? Is it just constantly reinforcing through different marketing means? It's simple brand awareness. If they're aware of our brand, the best experience we have is with our existing customers. They're they're genuinely passionate about sharing the word. 95% of our customers say, gee, I wish I knew this existed earlier. What we've found is our technology is actually approved by Bentley and Mercedes and all the top major brands. So the technology in the van is on par. It's the best money can buy. So we've got the product. We've got the price. Clearly, we've got the place because we come out the front of your, to your front door. It's really about promotion now and brand awareness to let people know. I often look and say, what are the bottlenecks in using us as a service. And I can genuinely say there are no bottlenecks except for comfort that we can do that same product safely. We're not gonna scratch the wheels. All our equipment is designed to ensure it's the best equipment. The fact that it's in a van is just that it's bolted to a van as opposed to a workshop floor. 
you say customers, 95% of them say, you know, I wish you'd know, I wish we knew you'd existed previously. You've got 1,500, over 1,500 five-star reviews on Google, Facebook and productreview.com.au. Now, even when I have an unbelievably good experience, I'm not immediately inclined to go and leave a review. It's just, you know, one of those things that unless I'm prompted, and I will certainly do it if someone asks, um, what, what's your strategy around that? Because that's a lot of review. That's a lot of five-star reviews. Yeah. What we've, what we've done is work with our scripting of our technicians, why they're on site with the customer. Their final words are, have you been happy with my service? Is there anything else you would like us to do? And then if you could, could be so kind to leave me a review, if you are happy with our service. We've found that we're actually, it's not a bad thing to actually ask for a review. I know in this day and age, we're bombarded with everyone wanting reviews. What we've found is the customer is so genuinely happy with our service that they are, they are willing to provide that review. It's actually a twofold thing. It also keeps an eye on our own employees knowing that because they're out on site at the time, it gives us comfort that our our technicians and service people are delivering on that promise that we promise our customer. You've talked about marketing that's working very well for you, TV, Google AdWords. Is there a little marketing initiative, Trav, that you've tried uh, over the years that failed dismally? I won't say it's failed dismally, but we didn't get the same result out of radio. Right. What we found was because you couldn't understand, still we say we're a mobile tire shop, we come to the customer, it's very hard for people to not actually picture what that looks like in their heads. So we found that while we're competing against the bricks and mortar stores with very strong brands, that cut through has been difficult in a radio situation. Have you given some consideration, dare I say, to a jingle? Oh, we've, we've got a jingle with our m- m- mobile tyre shop. So Just we sing it. Po- Just don't no. say it. Sing it. Come no, on. definitely. No. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, we'd like to introduce uh, Travis Osborne from Mobile Tire Shop with his jingle. Over to you, Trav. It's Mobile Tire Shop. I have found the ad that Trav is talking about. Let's have a listen. And I've got to say, I do love a good jingle. We don't get enough of them in marketing these days. I don't know why that is. Is it sort of like part of yesteryear? Are they expensive to create? I don't know, but I do love a jingle. We actually had a professional writer write that because we knew that sonic tone when we launched our radio was vitally important to remember our brand. We're, we're in a very difficult position in that it's a new brand unknown to the customer, a new way of purchasing which is online, a new way of delivery of that product, but we know it is far superior to the existing status quo. It will take time to actually get that into the persona of people uh, and get them to understand that there is a simpler way of replacing your tyres, which is such a grudge purchase. Yes, very true. Yeah, you you deflected that jingle thing beautifully. Uh, I will have to get a copy of it and, and play it uh, so the audience can hear it. M- 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 mobile tire shop, is it? Is that, Correct. That it? Yep. It sounds like <laughs> I've got a chronic stutter, but there's no. In- <laughs> great, mate. It's a great story, Trev. You must be very proud. I hope you are getting some sleep these days and not waking up in the middle of the night like you were back then. Um, how's wifey these days? Is she supportive of of the empire? When she gets to see me, that's fine. No, what, I've, what I did at the start of the year made a conscious decision to step out of the day-to-day running of the business. 
The irony is the business actually runs better without me <laughs> getting involved in these day-to-day issues. I now work primarily on strategy and the growth initiatives. Generally, what I'm working on now, most of the things won't be implemented for six to 12 months. It's that long-term strategy, which is what I really enjoy also. Has it been hard stepping away from the day-to-day of something that you literally gave birth to and handing it over to others? And, and if, it ha- if it hasn't, how have you done it? I think that's the most toughest thing to do for any business entrepreneur or use that term. What a lot of the staff forget is I used to do this, a lot of their jobs all by myself in the early days. You did. When I launched, it was just myself answering the phones, running the website, all the different attributes of the business I used to do myself, um, which you just run out of time. Now you have to have faith in one, employ the right people. You have to back that sometimes it may not be the same way that you do would do something, but you've got to support their way of doing it. And in a lot of cases, I've found that their ideas are actually better than mine, the way I was going to do it in the first place. But you have to feel yourself let go and it's not easy for anybody. Great story, Trev. MobileTireShop.com.au is where you will find just a whole lot of things. Uh, Maybe you need tyres or maybe you need to see what a good website looks like. Either or, I'd go and check it out. Trev, well done. Uh, May the growth continue. And maybe once this rebrand's gone through and you've introduced all these other products, we get you back on. Look forward to talking at least within the next five years. Thanks, Trev. Timbo, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you go, team. Mobile tyre shops, Travis Osborne. And here's my top three attention grabbers from that chat with Travis. Attention grabber number one. I love the simplicity and user experience of the mobile tyre shop website. Check it out. And spend more time reviewing and improving your own online presence. I bet you haven't done it for a while and it would be worthwhile doing, I assure you. Attention grabber number two. I love how Travis has got scripts for all his technicians to follow. This is a game-changing strategy. You might remember me interviewing Andrew Banks, ex-Shark uh, Tank Shark, but more importantly, he founded Morgan and Banks, one of the biggest recruitment companies in the world, and scripts were fundamental to that business's success. It avoids errors. Attention grabber number three... I love the consistency with which Mobile Tire Shop, the brand, is presented. If you were to take the opportunity from looking at it online to the uniforms to signage on the trucks, there's just a beautiful, consistent brand being presented. Always the same colour palette, always the same fonts, always the same imagery. It's very, very clever. And that's how you look big when you are small. That's what caught my attention. I'd love to know what grabbed yours. You can call the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline and tell me what you thought of that interview with Trav. What inspired you? What annoyed you? 0480 015 150. You've got up to five minutes to leave me a message. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Yes, indeedly, doodly. It's time to reward another motivated listener for listening to this podcast, but more importantly, for taking some serious marketing action, because that's what it's all about. Ideas remain ideas unless they are implemented. And today's implementer is flooring expert, 
Tim Chowan of Quick Click Flooring. And you'll find Tim at quickclick.com.au. And he says, hey, Timbo. Hey, Tim. <laughs> uh, bloody spectacular show, mate. One of my favourite episodes in recent memory is episode 513 with Luke Chant. Uh, by way of reminder, that was an interview with Luke where he talked about 10 steps to moderate business success. I really enjoyed talking to Luke. Tim goes on to say, I escaped the bubble due to being made redundant during COVID and started not one but two small businesses. Why not? While it might not be specifically marketing related, one of the most memorable things I've taken from the show is Luke's point of time with kids and his surprise day off. He goes on to say, I have struggled personally as even though I am trying to launch two businesses, my focus has been on still dropping off and picking up my son from school on all possible occasions. I think that's brilliant, Tim. I feel guilty that the time could be spent working, marketing or whatever. Well, Tim, get over the guilt, mate. You are so much more important in taking your son to school than working on your marketing. But he says, I choose him. And it makes me feel guilty towards the business, but Luke has helped ease that guilt as doing drop-off and pick-up helps my mental well-being, which must be good for business. Well, I can guarantee it is, Tim, and I've worked in a charity in a past life that helped young people at risk, and often the risk they were at was a disconnect with their parents, in particular their dad, who was always leaving for work early and getting home late. So the fact that you are there for your son in those important formative years is ace. Tim goes on to say, I'm now in secret planning of organising a surprise day off in the next few weeks. That's awesome. That was a tip from Luke where he organises these surprise day offs every once in a while where he says to his kids, kids, we're not going to school. We're going to Luna Park or something like that. Thanks, Timbo, for all the shows and thanks, Luke, for making it okay to not feel guilty by sacrificing time in the business for family. All the best, Tim Chown. Quick click flooring. Tim, you're awesome for sending me that email and being a great dad. You win a full range of Liars non-alcoholic spirits, valued at 500 bucks, so you can still drive your kid to school. That's awesome. Vouchers from Sendal and Tradies. You get promotion on this show and a back link in the show notes. Everyone else, if you've got an idea that you've implemented, give us a ring. 0480 015 150 or email me tim at timreed.com.au. If I read out your email on the air, you win. Righto. Next week, we catch up with another business owner who absolutely nailed their pitch on Shark Tank. We've got a bit of a Shark Tank theme happening here. Getting past guest and shark Andrew Banks on board as a financial backer. She's actually a podiatrist who saw a gap in the market for cheaper insoles and is now absolutely smashing it, and she's going to explain how she's done that. If you'd like to keep the marketing conversation going, uh, I'd encourage you to join the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook. We've got over 700 members where we you know, share ideas, push each other along, hold each other accountable every day. If you've got something you'd love to tell me, <laughs> call the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline. Be nice. I mean, I've got a thick skin, but like maybe make it constructive criticism or, you know, just a little marketing idea that you'd like to share. 0480-015-150. If you're loving the Small Business Big Marketing podcast, then you'll find 528 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app. And as has been the case for the past 11 years, this podcast is presented by me, Timbo Reed, and caressed and loved by the nurturing team over at Podcast One Australia. 
Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.